Hello. <laughs> Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> Super dupes. <laughs> <laughs> Computers. Computers. Oh, they do so much for us. They really do. Oh, uh, are you having computer troubles this morning? I wouldn't say troubles. Well. Oh, nobody knows the troubles I've seen. Nobody knows but Sky. I started the day watching um, some videos on YouTube of jumbo jets trying to land in really severe crosswinds. <laughs> oh, wow. Huh. Super exciting. Uh, did they mostly make it? Well, no, a lot of them aborted their, their landing, went around. Abort, abort, abort. That's right. Go around, go around. Go around. <laughs> you golf niner, niner. There are children <laughs> I, uh, on board. I had a ter- there was a terrible thing. I don't know how I, di- how I discovered it, but there's, um, there's a, a series of videos from uh, aircraft carriers of uh, ramp strikes, they call them. Ramp Ooh, strikes. What is that? Well, that's where an airplane is coming in. You know, they have a, they have. There's a whole job on an aircraft carrier. Just the guy that's like a pilot who is watching the landings, and he's talking to the pilots, and he's like, "Pull up, well, a little bit less, okay, a little bit more, whoa, a little bit less." You know, whoa. like he's he he walks them right in. It's like a it's a landing control officer or something like that, and um, and you and there's all these videos, and they're terrible videos because they're taken at night in a storm or whatever. But the guys like. Oh, you're too low. Whoa, you're low, 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 low. And then the plane just crashes right into the back of the no, aircraft. No, no, like crashy crashes? Crashes. Just big fireballs and everything. Oh, shit. I don't know why you would sit and watch those things if you weren't just, I don't know. I don't know what your problem would be. It seems like you could be helping out instead those. of uh, shooting a YouTube video. Yeah, well, you grab mean, a broom, you know, you know. There are a lot of people on an aircraft carrier. That's I'm true. Sure they all have. They all have individual You jobs. know what? This shows how little I understand about the command and control structure. Bet yeah. on me. Well, no, I think you know it's easy to it's easy to to think like, oh, you know, that guy that's making the video could be out there, yeah, right, with a waving a broom. I mean, you're not right? out there. When no, you're not the no. first responder on the thin blue line. You take a lot for yeah. granted. Now, yeah. I thought I thought they um, had a big hook. Don't they deploy I it was a hook? Automated. Well, well, yeah, but I but if the plane is like if it, so, what I I mean. Let's 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 speculate. <laughs> let's let's not say that I've done this, but you know I've done hmm. a fair amount of uh, I've done a fair amount of research. Okay, on it. Yeah. <laughs> you should get on Twitter. <laughs> you see, uh, my, here's my what a father, lot of people don't understand uh, about Palestine. That's right, and ice Actually, skating. Yes, uh, my my dad was a naval aviator, and uh, he subscribed to the um, the magazine of the Association of Naval Aviation. Nailed the landing. Uh, What's it called? It's called uh, it's called Wings, I think. With, with an S, something like that. <laughs> with an S, not a Z. Okay. But if it was a Z, they would have barbecue sauce. Right, you'd have sun- sunglasses on the back of your head. <laughs> um, and uh, and after he passed away, the subscription to this magazine, which no, which I think he paid for probably for one year in 1980, uh, just just transferred over to me it was it's my legacy basically it's it's uh it's the it's my primary inheritance but it doesn't count as stealing valor because it was ordered by a legitimate veteran that's right and mm-hmm. and it still has his name on it but it yeah. comes to my house i don't i don't i don't it's one of those things where i don't think you could cancel it 
Um, oh, it's like so, you can't be an ex-Marine. Right. And you can't stop getting the magazine of the, the uh, naval aviation. Mm-hmm. But so you know, every week. So any, anyway, everybody that has anything to do with this magazine is a former or current naval aviator. And they have all their – everybody wants their, you know, an article about what they do in the Navy. So there's the, you know, there's the people that fly VIPs around and they're the sub hunters and they're the fighter pilots and, you right. know, all the different all the different groups. So I've been reading this magazine for decades. Back when my dad got it, I read it. And I feel like I'm pretty well qualified as a naval aviator mm-hmm, mm-hmm, based mm-hmm. on uh, this magazine. Yeah, you've, you've absorbed a lot. I have. I have. And really, over time, you're not one of these Johnny-come-latelys that went to, like, quote-unquote official school for a few sure. months. You've been sure. following I mean, this for most of your adult life. Yeah, those kids that go to, like, pilot school or whatever. Mm-hmm. How long are they in there? Six months? I doubt it. I doubt it's I've that been, long. I've been reading I mean, this how hard? How hard is it? How, yeah. how hard is it, really? I mean, sure, you got to be in shape. you got to be a certain mm-hmm. height. Yep. I think right? you have to be... You have to have, like, guts and determination. Determination. You probably shouldn't be drunk at the time. Right. Good eyesight is a thing they want. Yeah, but planes, planes take off and land all the time. It's the safest way to, f- to travel. Thank you. That's right. Planes mm-hmm. are taking off and landing right now. you make somebody, uh, like, a uh, captain of a bathtub, that's going to take a lot longer because a lot of people die in a bathtub or within five miles of their house. Think about how hard it is to skateboard. It's really hard to skateboard. Cut, cut that in half, and you could be a naval aviator. Mm-hmm. Anyway, or they or do naval, have- naval skateboarder. Those are big ships. Mm-hmm. They do have uh, tail hooks, and they have uh, they have tail wires. Hooks, that's it. Wire wires that go tail across the deck of the ship, and they are multiple <clears> ones. <throat> um, but if you miss them, mm-hmm. which is easy to do, you have to go around. That's what pilots say when they board a landing. They go around. Go around. Which they they throw the they throw the throttle down. The the engines go and they take off. They basically like. Either keep going, or they they'll actually touch the deck and then decide nope, and then so they gun it and they <laughs> go around. Uh, but these ramp strikes are ones where they come in too low, and so they just miss the they miss the runway entirely and they just slam into the back of the ship. Boy, real talk. I, I mean, this shows you how little I understand about aviation. That seems like that should be a semi-solved problem with the technology part at this point. Did, are there well, still people manually, as you say, like manually? Talking them in on visual? Absolutely. Because the problem is that the that the ship is moving, and it's not just moving forward fast, because they go fast when they're landing because mm-hmm. they create they want to create a headwind, so the boat turns into the wind and then it, it it's going pretty fast. But the boat is also going up and down on the waves. Oh, of course, of course. Though you got right. the water. Right, and it's rocking side to side. No. Oh. And then you're coming in in your aircraft. You got yaw. You got, you got yaw. You got pitch. Pitch. Yeah. And then also most of these things, like it's hard to do on a calm day in the sun, but most of these videos are made like at night in a storm where they, you know, they're trying to get pilots to be able to do this at any time of the day or night. Mm-hmm. But so you're in a storm, the boat's bobbing up and down, it's at night. And yeah, they don't have like autopilot that can just put them on the ground. They're... Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're flying by the seat of their pants and, and, uh, you get, get a wrong wind or you're, you know, I don't know what, there are a lot of, yeah. a lot of bad things that can happen. Not as many bad things as on a skateboard, but. Right. Well, I mean, those are different conditions. I, I checked on the internet and you have, you have yaw, you got pitch and you got roll. 
Yeah. Yaw pitch roll. Mm-hmm. You've seen the that three. in the three, uh, all three of the dimensions. Wah, wah. And Relative wah. to what? The center of gravity. Mm-hmm. So if you have a plane, you need to know the center of gravity. Yeah. Imagine there's a little rod going through it side to side and a little rod going through it front to back. It's more like a gyroscope, really. Yeah, where those two rods connect in the center of the plane. Okay, three rods. Is the, yeah, and then the rod up and down, right? Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. your center of gravity, and the plane is going wah, 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 wah all the way uh, on this, yeah, right, on, like a gyroscope. Hmm. You know, there are gyroscopes in everything. Oh, believe me, I know. This is what this is what a lot of people don't know. I think I got my second gyroscope in a video game. My first gyroscope was one that had a little string, and you pull it, and it would spin around. Sure. But uh, they have gyroscopic-type devices, I think, today. I think there are gyroscopes all around us at all times. I don't know if I like that. Was your was your father a member of the Tailhook Association? No. Okay. Uh, I'm just learning that, about the Tailhook Association. The Tailhook Association has some bad history. Well, that's the thing. If you search history. for Tailhook, you get a different thing. But there's a there's a uh, you go to tailhook.net. Tailhook Association is an independent. Boy, mm. these people love their adjectives. Is an yeah. independent fraternal. Nonprofit organization internationally recognized as the premier supporter of the aircraft carrier and other sea-based aviation. Right. Their purposes are to foster, in verbs too, to foster, encourage, develop, study, and support the aircraft carrier, sea-based aircraft, both fixed and rotary wing, and air crews of the United States of America. And finally, to educate and inform the public in the appropriate role of the aircraft carrier and carrier aviation in the nation's defense system. I, I think it's an excuse to drink. Uh, it is an excuse to drink, and for a long... And the, and the problem the Tailhook Association had uh, a while back was that they were... Yeah. Uh, yeah, a little... L- literal, a little, little grab-ass. A little rapey, yeah. There was a... Yes, yes. But you know what they do? They do something smart that I think... We should discuss this offline, but something we should consider, which is they have an educational foundation... And they give scholarships. Now, I also learned that this is this is how you get cover with that stupid White House Correspondence Dinner is blah, 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 something, something. Uh, they give away some scholarships. Yes. The scholarships they give away are like a rounding error compared to what they pay for for tablecloths at that place. Of course. Of course. But, of course. but you get a lot of cover from that. You goes, hey, you know, sort of like we say, oh, you this poor, you buy this yogurt and a portion of the, you know, profits go to something. Yeah. That's right. A proportion the 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 pink topped yogurt. A right. portion of the profits go to to uh, breast cancer. That's research. right. And to stop it though, they don't encourage, they right. encourage it. <laughs> no, they're not researching researching they, it. To they've drawn a line it. in the sand, a red line, as you say. <laughs> they've said, "Look, there's enough of the breast cancer. We want to yeah. work on moving that the other way. They want to they want to uh, <clears throat> move the needle, as they say." But all well, I'm saying uh, is, if we offered a scholarship for something related to our show, if we offered a scholarship and maybe gave a portion of the profits to some kind of make-believe char- charity, I think we would get a lot of cover. We'd probably get a lot less hostile email from people. Uh, you know, that's a great idea. Okay, I'm going to write it down. Know, I, we, we already talked about the fact that this is educational. It's an educational show. Yeah. And education uh, covers a multitude of sins. Oh, sing it, sister. Um, and I, I really feel like when Tailhook says, when any of these Navy or Marine or Army or Air Force organizations talk about how they're educating the public, what that really, I think what it boils down to is that they are just constantly lobbying for money mm-hmm. and they want, and and every sort of educate the public initiative is really just, um, is just encouraging the public to vote for senators that will vote for the military an extreme 
understand, listen to my mouth words, listeners, an extreme, extreme example of that might be the NRA. I'm not saying tailhook is the NRA, nor is, <laughs> nor is the super train fund. That's a whole different wholly owned subsidiary of Roderick on the line. LLC, uh, registered in Delaware, but we, um, Oh boy, they got a lot here. Okay. Um, uh, uh but, but that's the thing is like my dad was like a total, totally normal gun guy who hunted and was in our NRA. I've told you this before, but two organizations my dad was in that seemed like a relic of another time was the NRA of the 1960s yes. and, and stuff like Ducks Unlimited, right. which is it's kind of paradoxical, but Ducks Unlimited was a conservation group. It was about yes. saying, look, if we kill all the ducks, there's not going to be any more ducks to kill. Yeah, let's consider these ducks. It's a real nuanced view if you think about it. To kill these ducks. Look at the look, consider the passenger pigeon. It's yeah. a very very sad case. The passenger yeah, they, pigeon like like the bison was something that was there were so many of these in America and then people just shot them, shot as many as they could for fun. They darkened the skies. Yes. And then now they no longer darken the skies. They I, do not I even... still have a very specific recollection of being at the Cincinnati Zoo when I was about eight, eight or nine years old, and they had a little plaque and a black and white photo of the last passenger pigeon oh. ever. The last oh. passenger, it, made me, it makes me sad to think about it right now. The last passenger pigeon ever, supposedly, died at the Cincinnati Zoo, and they used they, to be everywhere. Oh, no, really? They, it, it was alive at the Cincinnati Zoo? They didn't have the internet then, so, I mean, they might have, it might have been something where they had to compare notes with other zoos to find out who's, who's died first. Yeah. But, uh, but that's the thing, and now it's different. Now, back then, I'm, I don't, don't email me, but my understanding was the NRA used to be more about stuff like gun safety, because everybody had a gun to, like, you know, uh, scare away deer and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. The deer used to plague the people of the American Midwest. Oh, are you kidding oh, me? Oh, they would come. No, they would they come. They well, corn. Zombie deer, first of all, would come and, you know, like... Uh, uh. Oh, you ever, hear, that, I mean, hear that scraping sound? <laughs> outside. You know, that's the thing. In the Midwest, when the sun went down, you had to pull the barricades and deer <laughs> Literally. out there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, then maybe another direction, though, is what if we decided to become crooked? And what if, what if, I mean, this is on the same wood. Well, I mean, just in the sense that what if we initially got a tailhook style scholarship, a White House yeah. correspondence dinner style uh, donation scheme in place, right, and right, eventually right. we became lobbyists? Not, and not lobbyists, but influencers like you would well, on Instagram. Sure, like lobbying for Super Train. <sighs> you, you, you know, I was now thinking, we're environmental. I was thinking of a thing uh, yesterday that was so. That just felt like so out of our wheelhouse. And I can't believe that I can't believe we haven't talked about this before. And I can't believe that nobody talks about this. But you know what? This is the place to talk about it, hmm. which is we talk. We, we used to talk all the time about how frustrating it was that other people couldn't drive. Yeah. And we uh, we used to, you know, well, this used to be a, a very solutions based program back before you and I got old and. And spent a lot of time well, talking about Well, I mean, it's, it's always been a very philosophical podcast, but I think we had more specific measures in mind in the early days. You'll remember the first or second episode of the show was about encouraging people how to get around in public. I mean, it's yes. been there from the beginning of the program. Yes. Yeah. And I still, I shout it at my little girl mm -hmm. on, on the regular. Keep moving. Get out of the way. Well, Keep now that moving. mine is pushing the cart, I got to really remind her, like, you are in a position of power, my dear. Yes. Yes. Out of the way. Out mm -hmm. of the way. There are no uh, passive participants on roads or at the supermarket. Everybody, everybody is involved. It's, well, a, it's like a living ecosystem. That is precisely what is behind my latest initiative. Okay, I'm listening. Which is 
I think we need to make it harder to get a driver's license. Hmm. Not easier. Harder. There are too many. So Seattle, for instance, and I think San Francisco is like this, too. But cities everywhere are trying to encourage people to take public transportation because there are too many cars. Right. And so there are all these initiatives. Get people get people in public transportation. And what they're doing in Seattle is they're just making it really hard to be in a car. They're taking all the two-lane roads and turning them, or they're taking four-lane roads and turning them into two-lane roads everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Because they're trying to make it better for bikes. They're trying to make it better for pedestrians. And and their attitude, when, whenever you say, like, well, this is going to make it really traffic jammy here, which it already is, the city says, well, don't take your car. Mm-hmm. That's their solution to to all the traffic issues. And, you know, as a good, like, urbanist, I believe in that generally, and I believe in it specifically. But also, it's a little bit like, I mean, what the city but is you're saying. But you're also a motorist. Well, yeah, I live in a place where... But you, like, you, I mean, like, also enjoy automobiles. I do. I do. But, you know, I can put my, like, enjoyment of automobiles out of the equation. I can buy myself a little MG and go drive around in the twisty roads of the mountains and get that yah-yah out. Mm-hmm. But I also live in a place where if I took public transit into the city, it would take an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. And anyway, but then I realized there are just a, lo- a lot of the problems on the roads are exacerbated by the fact that there are a lot of people on the roads who don't know how to drive very well. And I think in the old days, this was this was pr- presented in, in large measure as kind of a class issue, right? You, If you were poor and had to get to work and lived in the outskirts of town where you were forced to go by, by property values problems, you needed a car to get to work mm-hmm. and you know you could drive some you know some car that you're kind of keeping on the road um but make it into town to go to work and if you were to say like it's gonna now it's gonna be difficult for it's gonna be harder for people to get driver's licenses what you'd be doing is creating a whole class of people that that couldn't get around right like old people and so forth that needed to get to the doctor or in my dad's case he needed to get to the car mechanic mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's hard to get to the plane mechanic unless you got a plane. It really is. Oh, my God. I've been going through boxes of my dad's papers. I want to t- talk to you about this. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I just I just started to feel like if the city really wants to get people off the roads, uh, out, out of their cars, the city and I share a goal. I want to get people out of their cars, too. And, you know, we're and so we talk all the time about, like, we need to start making it harder to, you know, like you need to be licensed to have a gun, right? This is a thing you and I have talked about. My grandfather was a, was a gun owner and a gun nut, let's call him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you come from gun people. Yep. Uh, and now it's just obvious, like, we, and we talk about it, like it's, you have to get a license to drive a car. You should have to get a license to, to, to have a gun because you should have some training, right? You should go have to prove that you are not bad at shooting guns. Mm-hmm. But as I was thinking about that, I was like, well, if we're going to have people that have guns have to have training and driver's licenses, we're not doing very good at at having people be trained to drive cars because I see people all the time mm. driving cars badly. People just they stop sometimes. So just stop somewhere. They just stop. They're we not we looking- ran into this this weekend. I had a big uh, family trip out of town and, and we, we would encounter people that would just, they would just stop. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're just not thinking about, they're not thinking about the roll, the pitch or the, uh, they're no. just, they're just sitting there and just kind of staring out the window. And it's like, yeah. that's not a place for a car to stop. No, the, the, the blinker on and then they turn the opposite direction. They're just, well, they're just looking at, they're, they're doing something with the phone, with the GPS. Yeah. So I realized like my dad, this is a thing that, that was a surprise to me as my dad got older, because as he got older, he crossed a threshold where I was like, he's not the, he's not doing the best job anymore on the road in particular, but the car is central to his identity Mm -hmm. and he lives kind of in the suburbs. So, you know, for a couple of years, I, I took a posture of like, let it ride because he was still, if I had tried to do something about it, he would have, he would have like, gone into full war with point me. of information um i, I only know this because of my grandmother um she had not had she'd had a couple like collisions but it was mostly that we were discovering lots of scrapes and mm. nicks and mm. especially stuff like bangs in the front and back fender that indicated some weird judgment did you see evidence that concerned you or was it just his general state the evidence that concerned me was when i got in the car there were some there were bad problems in the steering and in the axles that indicated to me that he had gone over curbs <sighs> okay. at speed. Yep. Uh, and not, you know, not like at 50 miles an hour, no, but as he's mean. going around a roundabout <clears throat> he could have or like, something. Like, like maybe been, and I thought he was in reverse, but was in drive and maybe went over like a, uh, like a, like a parking uh, barrier thing. You know, what was well, called? The parking space dingus. Yeah, the dingus. I think it was more that as he went around a corner, he just went over the corner of the sidewalk. You know, like oh, we, he went. He did like a leisurely tight right. Yeah. And he did that a couple of few times so that when I was in his car, I was like, hey, the steering's not really very good. You know, like you've bent a tie bar or something here. And I had to take the car and he then he would take it into his guy. I found a receipt in his papers that he'd gotten into a wreck. And it was a thing where he turned across five lanes of traffic and he thought that it was all clear. And then the, then the fifth lane, miraculously, there was a car somehow appeared out of nowhere. And he got this Chrysler LHS of his or LHX. Um, he got it repaired. And this was a 97 Chrysler. Mm-hmm. Uh he got it repaired, and the this mechanic, this mechanic that he went to visit all the time, charged him charged the insurance company nine thousand dollars to what to repair this car that was worth nine thousand dollars. I can't believe the insurance company didn't declare it a a, a wreck. Different know? times. Um, but this guy, I, that, this is the thing about that guy and my dad going to see him. He was, I think it was a scam. He was scamming my dad and he was scamming the insurance companies and the whole idea like, oh, you know, Dave's my pal. He comes by and we hang out. You know, that's what my my dad loved. That this stuff. is like a whole casserole of elder problems. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. Um, my grandmother but, did that. My grandmother, somebody called and said that they were Christians. They called her on the phone. She, oh they, they sussed out that she liked Christians. They talked about Christian stuff. And <clears throat> my mom discovered that she had mortgaged her house in order to have it painted. Because they were Christians. Really? They had her number. Yeah. That, that doesn't seem very Christian. No, you know, it doesn't. It really... <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Rod Rock on the Line is brought to you in part by Simple Contacts. 
You can learn more about Simple Contacts right now by visiting simplecontacts.com slash supertrain. Simple Contacts is a convenient way to renew your contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere in minutes. It's vision care simplified. Do you need to renew your prescription? Well, you take a five-minute vision test from your phone or computer. That is reviewed by a licensed doctor, and then you receive a renewed one-year prescription and reorder your contacts. Easy as that. Maybe you already have a prescription that's not expired. Well, you upload a photo of that or your doctor's information, and then you just order your lenses. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Simple Contacts offers convenience because you can renew your prescription and reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere in minutes. No more doctor's offices or waiting rooms. It has speed as one of their offerings. This uh, vision test is self-guided and takes less than five minutes. So think of how much time you save compared to making an appointment, getting to the eye doctor, taking time off, all that stuff. You don't need to do it. Reliability. You know what? It's designed by doctors and licensed ophthalmologists. Review every test carefully to make sure your eyes look healthy and that your vision hasn't changed. Simple Contacts offers all the brands of lenses that you're familiar with, including options for astigmatism, multifocal lenses, colored contacts, and more. Simple Contacts also has customer support to ensure that every customer is 100% satisfied. You get text updates on your order. You can ask questions or reorder via text anytime. And boy, is there ever savings. The vision test is only $20. Compare that to an annual appointment, which without insurance could cost you over $200 American dollars. The contact lens prices are unbeatable. Standard shipping is free. And best of all, they are offering a promotion to listeners of Roderick on the Line. And here's what you do. Just a reminder, like I can tell you one thing, just a reminder, this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. That said, you go, you get $30 off your contacts at simplecontacts.com slash supertrain or enter the code supertrain at checkout. I'm going to say that again so you hear it. That's simplecontacts.com slash supertrain or enter the offer code supertrain at checkout for $30 off. Our thanks to Simple Contacts for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but what I kept waiting for uh, during that period where I was like, where I was kicking the can down the road, was I kept waiting for the state, and by that I mean the larger state apparatus, not just the state of Washington, but the state the deep state, the dark state. Oh, yeah, the uh, like the intellectual dark web. Uh, yeah, well, somebody mentioned that to me the other day, and I don't know what that is. I'd like you to explain what the international dark web I'll is. I'll put a fork in it. Um, but, dark uh, web. but I kept waiting for somebody at the city or state or county level to say, uh, hey, we're not going to renew your driver's license because you're 85, and at 85, we kick into a higher level of testing because just like when you're young, there's a low, there's a higher level of testing. Yeah. Like Like you got to have somebody with you when you're 15. Exactly. And you have to, you have to demonstrate a couple of different times and ways that you're not, uh, going to crash that you're responsible. You have to come in and take the test and not be all gacked out and not like freak out when you do the driving test. Right. Right. And you have to be able to show that you can turn your head around so that you can put it into reverse. And a lot of these other things that, you know, are just sort of, yeah, it's just technical stuff about, like, driving. Um, and I just figured, like, of course, because you you want to believe, you want to believe that uh, that that there's a plan, right? You want to mm-hmm. believe that, that, that somewhere out there there's a plan. And I believe that this would happen, that at 85 years old, the, the, some 
other thing would kick in. Well, that thing doesn't exist. It doesn't kick in. If you are 99 years old, you can toddle out and get in your car and drive it all the way across America if you want. And no one's ever going to say, hey, is this was this a good plan? Is this a good idea? Can you still do this? Uh, and it's just not in the purview. And I think a, l- a large part of it is this is the type of political thing that nobody wants to no politician is ever going to say, let me take your driver's license away. Well, guess who votes? <laughs> vote now. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Olds. Olds vote. Olds vote. So I waited for this for a while. Like somebody's going to, somebody else in authority is going to say, you can't have your driver's license. Well, no. Every time, you know, it, I mean, how often is your driver's license renewed? Every 10 years? Yeah. Kind of automatically? And they Usually just you can kept... just mail, you can mail a thing and they give you a sticker. Yeah. And that was what was happening with him. And I realized no one else was going to do it. Obviously, none of my brothers or sisters who are useless were going to ever do it. <laughs> and so eventually I was, I, eventually I had to say, like, I'm taking your keys. And that precipitated this battle with him. Obviously, we've talked about that. Uh, but as I'm driving around, I'm realizing, like, Oh, there are a lot of people that do not know, like there are very specific rules to driving in the city that are different from driving in the county. Or on a highway. Or on a highway. Mm-hmm. And the thing, thing about Seattle is it's, it's built very poorly. It was built very poorly by Jesus originally. Mm-hmm. It has been built very poorly by every subsequent group of people that came along. And part of it is that it's an isthmus city, mm. just as San Francisco is a peninsular city. Mm-hmm. And so you're limited. It's not like it's not a city that's out like Chicago that just goes stretches to infinity. You're limited. There's water around it on all sides and you can't just do what you're going to do, you know. And when they slammed the freeway through the center of town here, they built it in such a way that there are like eight different places where people are merging from the from the right and they have to go all the way across eight lanes of traffic to get off on the left, like the up, the exit that they want. They just came on on mm-hmm. the right, and the exit they want is two miles up the road on the left. So they have to put their blinker on. Dinka, 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 dinka. That's dinka. murder. And I don't, go, I don't need, even need to see an infographic to know how hard that would be on traffic. Eight lanes, and the thing is, that would be hard. That would even be hard with self-driving cars. It's disruptive. It's crazy. And there are eight separate instances of that in both directions on the freeway. That's mental. And then there are the ones where the where the the the, the cars come in from the left, and they have to go dinka 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 eight lanes all the way across to exit on the right, and it's all happening in a very short space of you know it's like within four miles there are eight of these and so traffic is just it's just it's just jammed up even if it was even if everybody was michael schumacher Mm -hmm. it's it's just a built-in jam up but then you get that that a director uh no he was a he was a race car driver i was thinking it was i'm thinking of joel schumacher i think yeah yeah i don't know anything about his driving that's his brother okay um i'm assuming how many schumachers can there be I don't know. They make, they make shoes. So uh, if you if it said like something it. like Emerson Fittipaldi, I might have known. Or yeah, uh, em- no, what's the guy? Jackie Chan. Who's the Scottish guy that drives? What's his name? Yeah, Jackie Chan. Jackie right? Chan. The guy Jackie- with the long hair and the Scottish accent. Jackie Chandler. 
Chucky Chandler. Okay. Chandler Bing. And, uh, okay. And, uh, and who was the other guy you said? Yeah, like... Yeah, the first uh, guy. Like, yeah, uh, Joel, Ethan, Joel and Ethan Schumacher. Yeah. They made all those movies about Batman. And then Sardonic Benjamin. heist movies. Sardonic heist movies, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't... Uh, Who's the, the guy that makes the robot movies with Rob Corddry? What's that guy's name? Who's, uh, that's, Joel, that's not Joel Silver. Uh, Joel Silver. Is Benjamin he the guy? Franklin Joel Silver? Pierce. Who am I thinking of? Did you say Franklin uh, Pierce? Uh, I said Benjamin Franklin Pierce. Oh, uh, Okay. Uh, Haka, it, Hawkeye's uh, not in. Hawkeye is not in the current Avengers movie. No spoilers. Hot guy. Ha- <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be a great superhero. Quick, quick pivot. Quick pivot. To this being the only thing we do on the show. <laughs> Why is there not a hot guy? <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I've seen this. I've seen this. So you've got the. Let's be honest. What is the work of the freeway? Let's let's talk about something important. The work mm. of the freeway. The work of the highway. Is mm. the whole notion of it is that you provide mm. mostly long stretches where people mm. can go at like an above normal speed and not be interrupted except by the occasional need to do a little bit of this or that with a minimum of dinka dinka dinka. That's the that's the current one, but you know the original purpose of the highway was to get everybody out of town in the event of a nuclear war. It's like the internet, but for cars. That's right. Get okay. out. Get in. Get is out. It, was, John, was it a DARPA project? No, uh, it's, it's Mimi Eisenhower, right? No, she's the one that yeah. cleaned up the highways. Well, it, uh, Mimi Eisenhower, Dorn, who am I thinking of? <laughs> when Eisenhower invaded Germany okay. uh, as the like commander-in-chief, right. um, he was like, look at these autobahns, autobahns, and um, he was like, this is incredible. These guys, they drive all over. Octo Lieber, he said. He said Octo Lieber, and then he was, instead of also recognizing, like, wow, look at this incredibly effective train network that Europe has. Oh, boy. Uh, he said, never look get at on this. Eastbound, never get on an eastbound train. <laughs> look at this. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, that's right. Downtown train. Mm. No, who is that? Is that Tom Waits or Rod Stewart? Who is that? Uh, Rod Stewart covering Tom Waits. Okay. All right. And what about uh, Bruce Springsteen cover Jersey Girl? That's a Tom Waits song. Well, the thing about it is Tom Waits covering Bruce Springsteen covering Rob Stewart. He covered Rob Stewart? <laughs> he did? He's, he is, did? He, is he related to Emerson <laughs> Fittipaldi? The famous, the famous race car driver Rob Stewart. Rob was Stewart. He, he had that brother Jackie that was in all those uh, fighting movies. Jackie Stewart. Right. Jackie Stewart. Jackie Stewart. He used to be he, in uh, television ads. He, we saw him all the Change time. Change our feet. Actually. Do you remember when uh, race car drivers were like uh, oh. people that were selling Pepsi oh. Cola? Oh, oh, do yeah. I? A, yeah, yes, doing. and B, my cousins who were both, especially my cousin David was, a re- and my my cousin David and my uncle Bill were both great at building models. Like they were everybody so should have a cousin David and an uncle Bill. I know, I know, I know, and they would make these gorgeous. And I remember he had. I'll see if I can find the set. He had a Jackie Stewart uh, car, and I believe it came with a scale size Jackie Stewart. And I think he might have even had the cool Donegal cap. Huh. Am I remembering oh, the right yeah. Jackie? Is he the yeah, guy? No, that's the one. That's the one. Absolutely. And that's not Emerson Fittipaldi. No, uh, Jackie Stewart also carried a shillelagh everywhere he went. <laughs> oh, he's after me, track record. The famous uh, Scottish stick. It's called a shillelagh. Oh, is that right? Yeah, from Scotland, yeah. Okay. But anyway, anyway, so Eisenhower was like, look at these big roads. He brought it back to America. You know, what's good for General Motors is good for America. That's right. That was Calvin Coolidge. And uh, out it goes. Out We build the roads, build the roads. My mom talks about it because by the time they got, because Seattle's at the end of the road. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. If you're building the road, it doesn't start in Seattle. It ends there. It starts in Ohio or in 
in, you know, New York, Western New York or something. You know, that's where you start building a road. Anyway, oh, so I see did, what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. The last section of the inter- interstate to be completed was this stretch of I-90 through the mountains of Idaho hmm. that there was still, you'd be driving on I-90, mm-hmm. and then in the middle of Idaho, in this little silver mining, uh, there's a, that northern Idaho panhandle is like old silver mines. There are mines all over the place. And there used to be big smokestacks and big fallen apart old silver mines. They, they tore a lot of them down. But when I was in college, they were still all there. And you'd be driving along on I-90, and all of a sudden, the road would start to change, and then there'd be a stoplight. Oh, and it was the last, the last stoplight on any interstate was in this little valley. And I swear to you, the town was called like Silverton, Idaho or something. And you'd drive through this little – you'd stop at the stoplight. It was a one-stoplight town. Mm-hmm. You'd wait for it to turn green, and then you would – Start driving. You'd get on the other side of the town, past the drugstore and the barbershop, and then, whoa, you're back on the freeway again and drive all the way to Boston. And they couldn't do they couldn't do anything about it because it was this tiny little narrow little river valley. They couldn't put the road anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And in order to build a freeway through here, you'd have to just destroy the whole town. And the town was like, don't destroy us. Ronald Reagan wanted to do that to San Francisco. Destroy the entire town? Well, I yes. Could, I, I mean, see I think why he would want that. Yeah, he he was more of a more of a northern read the true northern California fan. I think he liked the very north part and the very south part and he didn't like the middle part. There was yeah. a plan in the Reagan years we talked about this. There's an amazing map of what the um I guess the federal highway people wanted to do which was to just basically like now where Van Ness Avenue is, they wanted that to be an actual literal literal highway. <laughs> there's a plan for that in Seattle too. There was a in fact right right down the street from my house. There's there's actually a bridge that they built, I think you would describe it as a bridge to nowhere. It goes from no, it goes from nothing to nothing, hmm. and they built it as a highway overpass for a highway that never got built. Interesting. Well, I and mean, so, you're getting at something also that that I, I don't know. So I, I have not uh, boned up on the history of highways in America, but my sense is you used to have something called a freeway. You got the red highways, you got the blue highways, you got, but you had highways and freeways that would be like state operations or regional mm-hmm. operations, but they weren't designed from the ground up to be something like a Route 66, right? Or, well, or so maybe you, better put like an I-75 or something. There were American highways that went all the way across, like US-40 is a great highway, and a US lot of it 40. still exists. Okay. US-40 <laughs> goes from Oregon all the way across Kansas. I mean, US-40 is... Um, I think maybe it's also US known as the Main Street in... of America. Yeah. 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 I, does it go to San Francisco? Original uh, Termini, to... uh, I believe, I'm, if I'm just, just from memory, uh, I, I believe it was one of the first U.S. highways created, I want to say in 1926. Oh, good. It's man. Original Termini, which is definitely a word I'm going to start using. It's yes, Original Termini. We're in San Francisco, California, and Atlantic City, New Jersey. Yes. Yes. Shit dog, 2,285.74 miles. So U.S. 40 is still there on, Whoa, uh, for long, long that. stretches. Look at and that. It, and it's like Route 66. You mm-hmm. find all the old motels yes. and little towns. It's like so – it's such a great uh, thing. It mm-hmm. really is. And, you know, U.S. 99 used to go down – up and down the West Coast. Um, and that it was largely, for great stretches of it, paved over by I-5. All these, so so the interstates came in. And, does you, does and, our I five? Is that your I five? Do you get same, do we have the same I five? Yeah, we were on I five just the other day. You guys call it the five? No, for some no, reason? no, no, no. Oh, that's L A. That's right? L A. Yeah, 
sorry. They call it the the whatever. You call something the, the 580 five. here, whoo, you're going to hear about it. If someone says it's 280, the five it's just 280. Here, Don't call yeah. it. It's 101. Don't call it the 101. Don't do that. If, if you say the five in Seattle, they will put they will ride you out of town on a rail, and there's literally a rail we built just for it's that. It's a purpose job. built rail for driving <laughs> people out single, of town for adding an unnecessary fucking article to a road. Yes. Yes. And I we took say, we say the 405. I-5. Really? You took the, is that what you did? Well, see, because he was trying to, he was trying He's, to be LA. He was affecting, he was affecting he was Los like, Angelino. He wouldn't say that now. No. I mean, I think they have to say it in concert, but. Uh, <laughs> for so, legal reasons. For Otherwise legal they lose the copyright. <laughs> I, I, I used to, when I would go to LA, I would, uh, I would often from the stage say things referencing uh, death cabs like LA period. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, you know, the thing is like. And I would I'd quote some uh, some Death Cab lyric, and then I'd be like, "And here's how the long winters feel about L.A." Kind of me trying to make a contrast. And then some some fan came up to me and was like, "You say something like that every time you play." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Maybe people, you go to too many rock shows. People are listening. You need to hit the books. <laughs> people are watching. I'm gonna stop now. I have to come up with some new. It wasn't like I was saying <sighs> the same thing. It was just like my banter was too much in the fan. This is before the internet. I know. know, but even now, I mean, when we're on the internet, people are constantly telling us when we've told a story before. Yeah, it's like, I, well, I, you know, if we only if we only told the stories we hadn't told, we'd run out of stories, wouldn't we? You, you can't create the, enough stories or songs fast enough. I mean, you've got to be able to go back. You got to you got to be able to go back and you know pay. pay uh, do like a paint it black. So, so something people are going to enjoy. Well, who knows? I mean, I, we, yeah. we keep generating stories. I, d- I think we do. Yeah. I, I had to yell at somebody on Facebook the other day. Good. Uh, somebody, you know, decided that they were going to, um, they were going to uh, give me some uh, political oh, instruction. Here comes the content cops. <laughs> some political instruction <laughs> about meaner. it. How, how things well, are. Were you concerned, how, trolled, John? Uh, yeah. Well, somebody told me what I needed. Somebody have a problem do. with your tone? <laughs> They they uh, they told me what I needed to do. Oh, and that's, that's nice. Yeah, that's a thing. Um, and hero. So, yeah. They, they <laughs> oh wow, and hero, huh? Uh huh. Huh? <laughs> hey, I don't I don't look at it, but I know about it. I don't look at the site. I know. I know. Alas, uh, open letter to Roderick on the line. Alas, I can no longer <laughs> for so long I've enjoyed your program, but alas, I sent you two images. I don't want to take you off your story. No. But I just would like you to at least acknowledge two images I've sent to you. The Jackie Stewart picture is very good. There Do you understand what that picture of, is, John? He's trying to be in front of his little Formula One car there yeah, in his uh, jumpsuit. The, hang on. That's the highest quality image I can find. John, Bad that's image. a model. No, really? That's what Cousin Davey made. Oh, this is a model. That's a this, fucking that's model. That's not really Jackie Stewart. That's his. It's a tiny oh, Jackie Stewart. It's a wee Jackie Stewart. It's a wee Jackie Stewart. <laughs> Did he? Hi, he's we. Did he? Did he? with his blow card, the elf. He actually made this exact model. Do you recognize it from I'm the time? I'm pretty sure I do. I tried to find. I'm trying to find other uh, references. But what's cool is, of course, eBay has all of this stuff. But yeah. they've got uh, Command Shift T. Oh, they've got some good ones. If you search for Jackie Stewart car model room, how about car model room is the name of the company? And they did room. a whole bunch of these for uh, celebrity uh, race boys. Oh, you can see what it looked like when it was unpainted. Oh my God, this is so cool. You used to see, you know, car racing being a <clears throat> being like a. I don't know whether I don't think it's like a bigger deal. There are plenty of people in the world that still really care about car racing. It was more like car racing and tennis. I feel like are two things. Maybe ice skating are things where there used to be more legit, like not just during events. Not just yeah. during the Olympics or during a road race, but like you would know, you would know an Emerson Fittipaldi. 
That yeah, was just something that came sure. up. They were stars. They were stars. They were car stars. But the, but what's cool about this is that uh, that that the the livery, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, livery of that refers car. to how the signage of the car. Signage of the car, the 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 colors and scheme of it. Mm-hmm. It's celebrating the French oil company Elf. Is that what that is? I thought it was Ronnie James Dio. Uh, Dio is also an Elf. Okay, uh, and he's also an oil company. He was also in a band called Elf. Oh, that's right. He was in a band called he was, Elf, and because of his stature, it was not yeah. meant in in an unkind way. It should have been called Orc because he was a little broad for an elf. <laughs> You're right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Knowing yeah. what I know now, I would say he's more like a halfling. Yeah, he's not really an he's not really an I elf. I finally learned what a halfling was. How you had to have known what a halfling uh, but was. But I didn't realize the tricky nature yeah. of a halfling. Because oh, you know what sure. a halfling is? Oh I do. It's a hobbit. I well, yeah. But you can't that's... say hobbit. Right? It, it, because then you couldn't, right. Well, I we think it's still we, governed by the. We don't call uh, them hobbits anymore. Right, oh, but by, by, by J.K. Rowling's estate, I it's all it's all saying. covered. So it's not a it's not a social justice issue. It's a, oh, I see what you're saying. See what I mean? Like we don't. Say I hobbit. do. You okay? Yeah. All right. All oh right. no, but I think it's that we don't say halfling now. We do say hobbit. We that's the preferred. It's like number. saying mudblood. Yeah, right. Okay, but it's like band aid, uh, and I think probably J.R.R. Tolkien. You mean the uh, the, the charity event? Uh, yeah, they were, uh, well, the charity event, Tolkien. 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 Right. Uh, they were probably incredibly litigious oh, God, uh, yes. in their time, right? Uh, just suing people right and left. That's when they, that's that famous uh, time that Tolkien sued uh, Led Zeppelin for like $600 million. Shut your mouth. Because of Led yeah. Zeppelin 3 and 4? Yeah, because of all yeah, of their Yeah, there's hobbits all over that shit. Yeah, there's hobbits up and down. My daughter had her first, we had a very long trip, and she had her first stairway to heaven the other day. No. Yeah, and I knew every word. What did she think? Every of intonation. Of course you did. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just a spring clean for the May Queen. And, and was she impressed or not? Not impressed? at all. She was on the iPad the whole time. And I'm even oh. doing the drum part at the end, which yeah. is perfect. Okay, first of all, I listened to Stairway to Heaven <clears throat> to the extent possible exactly once per year, which is how often I feel you should listen to Stairway to Heaven. Every time you go to Guitar Center, once a year? No, but like usually I, I try to do it like when I know I'm going to have 10 minutes somewhere and I've got headphones on and I'll go uh-huh. turn it on and I'll listen to it. And I'm always buoyed. I'm buoyed. I'm, I, I, that ending, the drums on the end of that song are so goddamn good because as busy as they are and as kind of shuffly as they are, they are so restrained. But yeah. they're echoing like what Paige is doing, was trying to do with the guitar. Uh-huh. But you get that dun dun and he's he's kind of miming all of that a little bit on the toms it's so restrained they say that uh it's a folk song until the drums come in it's a traditional folk song until the drums come in and then it becomes a rock and roll song interesting it's, it's all things to all people <laughs> uh because uh, because page is using these alternate tunings and he's doing his whole like ye olde like uh pointy toed shoe yes like leaping around in the forest kind of page thing who's talk the, about an who's elf. The band they nicked it from uh taurus taurus was spirit spirit by taurus taurus spirit, is the song taurus spirit, by spirit spirit was the band did a song called taurus taurus by spirit is actually a kind of air freshener <laughs> This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash supertrain. You go and get a free trial, 
And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SUPERTRAIN to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Oh my goodness, friends and listeners, there are so many things that you can do with Squarespace. You can create a beautiful website to turn your cool idea into a new site. You can showcase your work. You can make a blog or publish other kinds of online content. You can sell products and services of all kinds, promote your physical or online business, announce an upcoming event, special project. Oh, so, so much good stuff. Squarespace. Squarespace does all of this by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers. They have powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything online. The ability to customize the look and feel of your site, the settings, the products, all of that with just a few clicks. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box, and they even offer a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions. They have analytics that help you grow in real time, built-in search engine optimization, and of course that free and secure hosting, nothing to patch or upgrade ever. And they have 24 by 7 award-winning customer support. Here's the thing. Squarespace, Squarespace uh, they're encouraging folks to make it. You make it. You make it stand out. You stand out with a beautiful website. It's Squarespace. I really like Squarespace. You know, you're using Squarespace right now, whether you realize it or not. Squarespace uh, is the host to many of my own personal projects. It's where I have my personal website, my ungainly X-Men meetup site, the place where you can go and find all the playlists that I've made for this and my other podcasts. Plus, of course, the Roderick On The Line podcast is hosted on Squarespace. It's Squarespace. Are you ready to start your new business? Make it stand out. You get started with Squarespace. You think it, you dream it, you make it with Squarespace. Destiny is calling. It says you need a new website. Bring, 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 pick up the phone. Make it with Squarespace. Hit Squarespace. So right now, I want you to head out. You go to squarespace.com slash supertrain for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, again, once again, please do remember to use the very special offer offer code supertrain to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I did not get much sleep last night, but I'm not going to blame that on Squarespace because it's Squarespace. Squarespace.com slash supertrain. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows. <laughs> you plug it into your wall. <laughs> plug it in, plug it in. <laughs> I took you off your game. Uh, I wanted uh, you to see Jackie uh, Jackie Chan with his elf car. Right, but the thing, the thing about the American Highway yes. is that they were designed at a time uh, before now. They right? were designed at and for a time before now before now okay and and because they're built now already yes we can't rebuild them right to be better you'd, ha- you'd have to either replace them or make something different because they're already built yeah and anytime they close the freeway even to you can't, like you put- can't retcon you can't retcon a freeway you can't and, uh, and as you- we know from science you add lanes to a freeway or change nothing. And the thing is, everything adapts because it's an ecosystem. It never right. makes it actually better. No, it makes it worse every time. More traffic every time you add an extra. Turns lane. out. Yeah. Um, and the and the the thing is, if you even close a lane of the freeway just to repaint the stripes, it causes a traffic jam that lasts for a, for a century, right? I mean, it just goes. There's away. All kinds of, I feel like I saw a CGP Grady video, uh, a great video about this. We're like, okay, so you do a thing, you shut it down for a while, people start taking a different way, and it actually improves the traffic in some way. And then when it does reopen, it's good for a while, but then lots of other people discover that it's fast, and suddenly the express lane isn't so fast anymore. Mm-hmm, it's right. a it's a human thing, and it's a it's a highway and human issue. It's a human highway issue. And, and I spend a lot of time sitting in Seattle, uh, sometimes in traffic and sometimes just sitting in a lawn chair mm-hmm. on top of my uh, RV, which I've parked out by the airport. It's got a tarp over it, right? 
the, and and then I sit on it on a lawn chair, and then I put a tarp over me. <laughs> uh, but I think about if. <laughs> see it so clearly it's a different colored tarp <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's got uh, a john shaped shape under it. well and it makes me invisible to satellite <laughs> but they, traffic uh, cameras can't see you no nobody can steal but, your thoughts i think about how i would design the freeways if it were if i you had like people as the <laughs> uh, no you, you don't just, wave to them so you'll see a hand moving underneath oh, the tarp you don't want them to see you no um, kids thing is, live here I'm. Uh, I have my jingle stick there next to me, so I'm keeping the tarp off of my hair. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, that's smart. I, it's an ad hoc yeah, uh, RV yeah. tent. Yeah, you make a little tent up there. Make a little tent. It gets a. It gets a little perspiry on the hottest. Yeah, days I imagine the- with all the exhaling, it must get a little close. Yeah, but you're yeah, used yeah. to well, that with that RV. I vent it. I vent okay. it. Okay. All right. But so I have a big plan of how I would design the freeways if I were going to do it now differently. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. If you follow it down any one of the little many rabbit holes, you realize there's no good way to do it. Hmm. Like, I, I'm like, oh, well, I would just change this. And then you say, oh, well, but that would start this chain reaction. Yes. About this. Yes. And then you realize there isn't, there just isn't a good way. I mean, unless you had the money to dig a mega tunnel. Right. Uh, which they didn't then and which we don't there's now. There's no decision in any of this stuff that doesn't have at least two to seven knock-on effects. It's why I think the entire Avengers movie was flawed from a from a premise, from the beginning premise of that movie. The whole plan behind that movie, movie drives me crazy. And the same is true with traffic. People would have changed one thing. Effects. Because of knock-on effects. And, like, really think it through. Really think it through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what Elon Musk wants to do, right? He wants to make tunnels. Uh, whew. I mean, he wants to make tubes. Oh, right. I'm sorry. There is a distinction. I mean, he wants to make tubes, right? Uh, but they don't have to be tunnels. What, what is your, uh, when you're up there with your tarps and you're thinking about it, what, what do you, what would you do differently? If you, if you had a time machine or I don't know, a budget, what would you do differently with Seattle's highways? <laughs> well, so there's a couple of things, okay. and this is, I think, maybe maybe this is true of other cities to a lesser or greater degree, but when the express lanes were built, they were built with the idea of getting people out of town and to their suburban homes as fast as they can, and then in the morning, get them into town uh, uh, without you know, the bothersome traffic uh, that's coming on and going off at, at local exits. And it seems to me what we need now through cities are express lanes that expressly do not stop in downtown so that there would be lanes for all the people who are on one end of a city who just want to get right. to the other side of the city. They know they don't want to get off downtown, but the freeway goes through the city. Almost There's almost no, like a turnpike in some ways. Well, it would be just like it it would be just a slot because a lot mm-hmm. of because they tried to solve this with with the uh, with roads that, you know, the freeway ring roads that kind of went around the outside of the city, all the 405s, for instance, or all the, you know, the roads that weren't the main road, they were the, they were the the road that circumvented the downtown. But now those freeways are jammed up with all the people who are living out there. I mean, all those, those all became big developed areas. And now you can't, you can't go around the city because those freeways are going through their own little cities now. And what you want, you got all these trucks, you got all these people that come to the edge of a city 
and they're all they want to do is get to the other side and they 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 tighten their seatbelts down and they're like here we go i got to deal with all these dinglings now people coming in and going off people taking their kids back and forth to soccer practice all the little bakery delivery trucks you know the farm fresh eggs yes i got you know i got little old ladies i got people that drive that drive every day but they only drive 2 miles they do they do it every day 2 miles mm-hmm. And I just want to get from here to Vancouver, you know. I just mm-hmm. I'm on my way somewhere. I got stuff to do out in the out in the other on the other side of town. And if there was just if there was just a separate road that you could kind of you could kind of get on at any point, but once you were on it, you couldn't get off. That's why I say turnpike. You, I don't mean the payment nature of a turnpike, but oh, I see that, what you're but but just in more in the sense of like this is an like like an express bus in San Francisco. The mm-hmm. idea is it makes a lot fewer stops because most of the people getting on here are gonna roughly here they'll come to the express because they all want to get off roughly there and there aren't yeah. going to need to be stops in between. And if you take out you know sixty eighty percent of those stops, the whole thing's going to move a lot faster. Well, but here's the problem. In the, when these freeways were built, the going to there that everybody wanted to do yeah. was precisely to the center of town mm-hmm. and not, you know, like there's there are very few expressways, uh, turnpikes that don't like terminate or deliver one unto first and broad or whatever it is in your town. Mm-hmm. I, I say first and broad. There isn't even a first and broad. I guess there is, but it's not it's not what you would think it is here. But. You but there's probably, I mean. you know, non-Euclidean cities. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, for sure there are. But so that's one thing I would do. I would build you – know, one time I was uh, – uh, when I was running for city council, actually, I got a phone call from Duff McKagan, mm-hmm. who was a supporter, <laughs> who was a supporter of, the, of my campaign. Yeah. And he said, man, here's what we need. And I was like, I am all ears. You know, if I'm going to like – if I'm going to change my campaign to suit anybody's personal needs, it's definitely going to be Duff McKagan. I'm going to put that in my campaign literature. Yeah. And he said, we need special lanes on the freeway just for trucks. Hmm. Oh, was like, hmm. interesting. Unfortunately, the city council doesn't have authority over the freeway lanes. Yeah. But I got what he was saying. And mm-hmm. and this is basically the same idea, like truck trucks are the ones that are just going through town that are taking farm fresh eggs somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, they need their own lane. That's one thing I would do. Okay. That uh, makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. But also maybe I think I would, you know, there you could, when, when you do a driver's license test, you could put a little um, extra rating on a driver's license that says this person is rated to go on the freeway. Some people, we already have a thing where like they could, they could make a judgment that you're not allowed to drive at night. Not allowed to drive at night, right? Right, or you, you have to have corrective lenses. So you're saying there's not only the sort of like grading down, but there's a grading up where like maybe you get a uh, super driver status. Sure, driving on the freeway is a whole different set of skills than just puttering around from the old folks home down to the supermarket and back. Interesting. And maybe there should be, you know, tiers of roads. I think when we get into self-driving car times, mm-hmm. which we're sort of on our way <clears throat> yeah. to, uh, there are definitely going to be roads. If self-driving cars are going to work worth a shit, there are going to be roads where you can't be a person driving. It's uh, the, I mean, based on my limited understanding of self-driving cars, it's that, that is where you will see a gain is when you have solely self-driving cars. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and that's not going to be for a while. But mm-hmm. and I think what they will first do is have have certain areas of cities. Yeah, that it'll are be like the opposite so- of that. It'll be like there'll be like you'll be limited to like this one little area where everything is extremely well defined and right. And for and for those of us that are driving our MGs on the twisty roads out in the mountains, yeah. You know, there are going to be roads for that, too. It's like, okay, this is like pleasure driving road. Until they pass the motor law. Then you 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 got to take your red barchetta out on the weekends. Well, I think what you you take the red barchetta, you get that at the deli, first of all, and you you spread it. Do you slice it thin when you get it? Uh, My red barchetta? When you get red barchetta, you like like it sliced deli thin? Merlin, I just bought a meat slicer. Shut your mouth. It just showed up. It just showed up in the mail. Like a a full on, like with, with an engine? Yeah, yeah, or is yeah, it like, like a mandoline? A, no, 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 like a deli, like a, like the kind with the motor and a spinning blade. Your life just changed. Yeah, well, it did. I was like, you can get farm, I, because, you get farm fresh eggs, you can get large large blocks of meat, and you can make it exactly the way you want. You can keep it wrapped up. You should, you could even get a case. It could be like your own little personal deli. Mm-hmm. See, <sighs> I made a, I made a, um, I, so I made some roast beefs, some mm-hmm. roast buffs, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. some some uh, shia uh, roast buffs, shia, shia beef. <laughs> And um, and I and I was cutting them into roast beef sandwiches, and you know I like a very thinly sliced rare roast beef. Oh, it's the only way to fly. But I was slicing it with a with a sharp knife, Ugh. and I'm sitting there and I'm like slicing this really thin roast beef, trying to make it really thin. What are you, you a medieval really farmer? That. That's no way to live. Do that with a knife, really. But I was doing it, and and after I made one the amount of one roast beef sandwich, my hands were killing me. Because, you know, you're just like working this knife through this roast beef. And I was like, this, you know, yeah, what am I, an animal? This, yeah. this cannot, this cannot stand. Mm-mm. And so I, uh, I went online and I was like, how much do you, how much is a meat slicer? And it turned out that the company William Sonoma, which is a very expensive place to mm-hmm. buy fancy things. If you're going to a, like a bridal shower or something. Mm-hmm. Had a Mother's Day sale on meat slicers, and the highest rated public, you know, like publicly available, um, we're talking about like Pro-Am style meat slicer, Mm -hmm. was on sale free shipping from Williams-Sonoma for less than the cost of, say, four roast beef sandwiches. Oh, see, that amortizes nicely. It really did, and I was yeah. like, Pfft. so I so I I ordered one, and I immediately went to the super fancy grocery store that talk about talk about keep moving and get out of the way. Mm-hmm. The fancier the grocery store, the more people need to keep moving and get out of the way. Mm. They are so oblivious in those places. Yeah, and and maybe it's because they're 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 like astonished at the fifty dollar Brussels sprouts, but they don't want to look astonished because they want to feel like. Oh sure, of course I'm paying this because every one of these Brussels sprouts had a name, yeah. and and a, and a, and the child of the farmer put little baby bonnets on them while they were growing up. And this one and, is named Philip. Yeah, that's right, mm-hmm. and that's why it costs fifty dollars. They're trying to look like that's cool or normal. Yeah. But so I went into the deli and I was like, "Give me your finest roast buff," or I'm sorry, it isn't roast yet. Give me your finest raw buff, mm-hmm. which I will roast. To be like buffois. Buffois, mm-hmm. and after, mm. and I will a yellow roast yellow it. card for that one. Sorry, <clears throat> I'm gonna. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna rub it in salt and pepper. Mm. I'm gonna buy, and they, oh, you're gonna. And so I walk in around this fancy store, and I bought baby onions, and I oh, bought little. Uh, I even bought little potatoes, little tiny potatoes. Love little potatoes. Well, no, wait, that's got, not for you though. That's for your guests. 
No, 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 no. The thing is in a stew, in mm-hmm. a row, in a, in like a, oh, because I bought a, I bought a slicing buff. If it's, if it's I, a, if it's a buff hoat that you're making for everybody, you're not going to mind. There's a little potato in there. I don't mind it. And I, and so I bought a second buff that was a, uh, like a bourguignon buff mm. and I'm going to put in some kind of cooking dish. I'm going to cover it with uh, all these vegetables mm-hmm. and I'm going to cook a little it, bit of red uh, wine, some red wine. I'm going to cook it for hours. Mm. And then it's going to just, you know, it's going to be in there. You're living the dream. Kind of big time. Have you used it yet? Is this going to be your, is this going to be your test flight with the slicer? No. So it's just, it's sitting in the living room. It just showed up. (sighs) Just sitting in the living room. (laughs) And so I, and I got a, uh, I got a, and I, yesterday I took a buff and I salted and peppered it. I rolled it around and I put it in the, uh, I put it in the fridge to sit overnight, Mm -hmm. just to sit overnight in its, uh, in all of its like spices. Mm, How long is he? So I'm going to do it today. I'm going to take. I'm so excited for you. Now I want a buff. That's such a good idea. Uh huh. Uh huh. uh And this is the wrong time of year to have a buff, right? I should be doing this in because they're not not in season. Uh, yeah, have to do like a month with an R. I think they're I think they're in season, but you want it to be a uh, you want to like this is comfort food stuff. Yes, and a lot of people don't sit and eat a hearty stew in June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're wrong. I think they're wrong. But imagine, always... imagine being up there on your RV with a tarp over you, and you're just enjoying just... a thinly sliced sandwich. And and I've got I've got just that wooden spoon, like the helicopter pilot in Bla- in uh, in um, in Road Warrior. Oh, okay. Just, he's got that wooden spoon that is tucked into his pants. Just the one wooden spoon. Just one wooden spoon. It's all it's all a man. It's gonna needs. be so tender. Can you imagine how tender it'll be? Well, that's my hope, but the the problem is I always screw. I always screw. You it say up. this. I, you say this. You're so you're so hard on yourself about the cooking. I screw up. You the should books. be harder on yourself about putting uh, near bad meat in the freezer. That that's my most concerning topic. Oh, you're you're afraid of that putting it in the freezer. I worry does, about it. I worry you're going to poison Ken Jennings. It doesn't reset the the beef. I ask I ask <laughs> a microbiologist about it, and he says it yeah. does not reset. It doesn't reset. So the, the so the almost bad beef goes into the freezer and it's still. But if almost it's frozen, bad. it can't be getting worse. That's what that's my that was my theory. You take it out and look at it, and if it seems fine, you could make it. You know, you could donate it maybe. Well, the thing is, I don't think they. I don't think they want donated almost <laughs> bad. Donated food. frozen almost bad meat. You don't think there's a demand for that? You go to the Goodwill. I mean, every, time, every time the post, the every every year the post office does a thing where they're like, put a bunch of canned food out for the post office, and we'll and because we do a drive and we're yeah. going to give it all to, and so I always fill up a bag with a bunch of clam chowder that expired in 2014, <laughs> and I'm sure they're <laughs> you like, know what poor people love cream corn. Yeah, I don't know we can do. I don't know if we can do this, but I, I hate the idea that they're throwing it away. I pulled a I pulled a, a thing out of the shelf the other day that was from 2014 or 15, and my mom was like, "You can't eat that." Have you checked your spices recently? Oh, they're all from the 60s. Oh my goodness! I this just you talk about time going by. Jeez, Louise! I mean, off by two years. I feel like I feel like I just got this garlic powder. How even did this go away in 2016? It doesn't seem right. But if you really I, I, if you really get in there, you really get in there, especially the ones that are cakey, check the cakey ones. A lot of the cakey ones expired. I buy my spices at at uh, estate sales. I mean, they literally are all they were owned by Julia Child. <laughs> all right, we got to keep going. Um, did you get the I'm, other I, image I sent? Oh, uh, oh, let me see here. The green oh, one. the one the one of Jackie Stewart that was not painted? No, 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 no. Two two oh. above. The green flower. Oh, the parallel parking lessons. PDX Ugh. Parkers. Parallel parking lessons, twenty-five dollars. 
Learn to confidently parallel park your car in 30 minutes or less or your money back. Now, my favorite part of this is it says gift certificates available. <laughs> so this is a service hey, in Portland. Hey, where mom. <laughs> a woman, apparently a woman named Jessica will teach you how to park. Uh-huh. And if you don't learn in half an hour, she'll give you your money back. But I love, I love the idea of gift certificates. Can you like imagine how, what would that be a very Bellingham move? If you just started buying parking gift certificates and sending them to people. Oh, it's the most awful passive way of saying <laughs> you shouldn't drive anymore. What? It's because I love you. I know. The thing is, I don't I just, mind. I want you to be safe. I don't mind people that don't know how to parallel park because what happens is you, you know, you like shark them, you get behind them. Oh, and I bet they, they spook real easy, too. They spook so easily. And they, they give it a try, and they they fail. And then their friend gets out and is oh, trying to no, help. Oh, no, come on. And the friend can't help them. You can't. So they, that's not helping. Yeah. They pull out, and then they go back. That's like, that's like having somebody help you thread a needle. Like, having a second person will not make you better at it. Well, uh, who's watching you try and thread a needle and telling you what you should do? No, no, no. Put it in the hole and instead. So, instead, do the they, hole. They try a third time and they fail, and then they then it, like shame face. If they have any they shame bolts. at that point, they will drive away and give the space to somebody who knows how to park there. And that is me. I'm stand. I'm sitting behind him, and you know, half the time you it, it you you put your money on on black here, and you and you lose <laughs> because they get it in and they get it in. To yeah, the but slot. what if you were to like hold up a card like an Olympic judge? Oh, just be like two point <laughs> or. But then the great thing is, like, especially especially if they're parking in front of, like, a sidewalk cafe or something where they feel like there are 16 oh God, people watching yes. them, then uh, you can almost be assured, like, here's a par- here's my parking spot. All I have to do is wait for another two minutes. Uh, so I don't I, – I, I discourage people from knowing how to parallel park. Because it's, 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 like, it's, it's three moves. Technically, it's two moves. It's two mm-hmm. smooth moves. There's a, there's a third pre-move, but then there's two moves. There's two moves to parallel park. There's one trick involving your rearview mirror and a fender. That's all yep. you need to know. Cut harder than you think. Cut back harder than you think. If you don't fit, leave. But never for a minute imagine that a 16-point gesture is ever going to get you into that parking space. You don't, you don't, at that point, you don't deserve that space. You need to leave. That's right. You go up and then you cut and then you cut. You go zinc and, and then and you then go you're in. zoop zoop. Yep. It should be a zoop zoop. Zoop zoop. zoop it's zoop. not a zoop. It's a zoop. Hmm. I found a box of my dad's papers yesterday. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm cleaning stuff up hmm. and, uh, and, it, and I'm, I'm thinking what, uh, what am I doing with these? What mm-hmm. am I doing with my dad's papers? How long am I going to carry these forward in my life? You feel like you need a you need a you need a plan. And I've been I've been carrying them. I've been carrying them ever since. Uh, I mean, he died over ten years ago. What? And I've had them. Yeah. Can Are you, you shitting me? Yeah. No. Eleven years ago. Or oh 12, my god, John! I would have said three. I know. I know. Holy right. shit! <gasps> I was years. hanging out with him at the Death Cab show not that long ago. I know it wasn't that long ago, except oh it was over god. ten years ago. Uh, and so I'm looking through his paper, and I've got boxes and boxes of his papers because he, like me, kept a bunch of stuff. He saved. He's a saver. Yep. And so, and I'm, I'm looking through his papers, and I come to this box, and it's got, all, it's got his uh, a bunch of bills, all of his, um, all of his canceled checks, all of his mortgage papers, all of his. But it's also got all this stuff. He was he was an arbitrator his whole life, and so the American Arbitration Association would call him sometimes and say, "We got a problem." The you know the the union over here, and then this guy over here, yeah. and we need somebody to get in here and solve this. And my dad would like take him on take him on a uh, a case by case basis as he got older. 
And so there are some transcripts of, of arbitrations that are fun to read because, I mean, they're not fun. Like people are like, blah, 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 blah. But then there'll be a line where my dad is like, well, that's not what you said a minute ago. And you can just hear his tone of voice as right. he's like, so, uh, but that's fun for nobody but me. Seems like you have to be a good reader and a sharp listener. Yes, right. And he, the thing is, he he loved that work, and I think he was really good at it because it's just a you. Everybody's impacted in their view. They they can't like look outside. Yeah, they their... wouldn't be coming to see him. So he goes into this. I'm imagining he goes into that knowing there's going to be some shenanigans because otherwise right. it would never have risen to the level where they need a lawyer to adjudicate. I mean, there was a crazy one I was reading where there, and this is just a sign of the times, but sometime in the mid seventies, there was a, a teacher who was pregnant and was going on maternity leave. But the school district was like, well, I mean, not all, she was just asking to be allowed to go on unpaid leave for her. Just basically job. asking that they hold her job for her. Yeah. For her. And the, and the, and they were saying, well, her contract stipulates that she needs to use all of her uh, whatever Christmas vacation or there was there was some bunch of uh, shenanigans about them even just letting her go have a baby. And my dad was like arbitrating the case and he uh, he came down obviously on the side of the woman and saying saying like you guys are you are abdicating your responsibility here to be human beings. This was the school district of Fairbanks, Alaska in the 1970s. Uh, But what I discovered, so the legend of my dad was that he was constantly in Dutch um, to people. Uh, He, you know, he was, his bills were always sort of unpaid. Things were always going to collections because my dad didn't want to deal with it. He would just put it on the dining room table and, hope that it went away or just didn't, you know, he needed an assistant or a secretary to do all this work for him. And so this is, you know, and this is partly the legend that comes from my mom Mm -hmm. talking about like how my dad was, couldn't get his bills paid or whatever. Well, I find this box. It turns out my dad, it wasn't that he couldn't get his bills paid. It was literally that he was constantly challenging bills <laughs> somebody oh, would like an insurance company would send him a bill and he would then then stapled to it there would be a letter dear sirs i uh reading your contract i find it hard to believe that you would send this bill at this time under these conditions and then there would be a letter Saying so, therefore, and and it's and it's never snide. It was always very businesslike. Mm-hmm. And at the end, he would say, "And therefore, I challenge this bill." Yours sincerely, David Roderick. And then there would be a letter from them saying, "Well, our position on this hasn't changed. Here's why we're sending you this bill, and this is why." And then my dad would write back and say, "Thank you very much for your letter of November fourteenth." I continue to stipulate that, and he, so he's, he would be, and I can't picture my dad, because this is not something that his secretary at work was doing. These are all in his voice. Yeah. And he's sitting, and I think they were maybe typed by his secretary, because he wasn't, he couldn't type, I don't think. And they're all typed, so he's dictating these or something. But very definitely, he's challenging, and a lot of these are like $40, a bill for $40. (laughs) He's a man. That's that's a that's a tough cookie. 
he is challenging bills right and left. And these companies are like, well, we're going to send it to collections. And he's like, if you send it to collections, then you're at risk of, you know, being in violent. You're like, he never, I never heard him in any of them actually threaten to sue, but it changed my whole idea of like what he was doing with his time. Like he was fucking challenging just his, like his regular bills from the mortgage company. Why, and the do, you, why do you think company. he did that? Uh, well, sometimes, I mean, there are a couple of letters from, from like vice presidents of banks where they say, you're absolutely right. We're sorry. Um, you know, it was a, it's the result of a, a clerical error or something. But I think for the most part, he just had a very developed sense of justice, just like my sister does, just like my daughter does, uh, like a, a sense of justice. Now, I don't have it. You know, I'm just and like a, basically an implicit demand to show your work. Yeah. And also, like, your contract leaves an, or, you know, the, the, the terms of this contract leave enough wiggle room in here that I'm going to make a case for the. Uh, for the take, the hot take here, to be the broadest application of this, and ra- rather than the narrowest application of it. Mm-hmm. And so he's, you know, he was all the time like, well, you know, as a result of, like there was some, in, he was trying at one point, and I saved these papers, he was trying to get the insurance company to pay for the two of us, he and I, for him and me, mm-hmm. he was trying to get uh, trying to get our family counseling paid for. And you remember our family counseling basically was all of us, all four of us, and then my sister left, and then my mom left, and then my dad left, and then it was me. Right, I was the last, right, right. right. Last <laughs> it was like a man. kind of therapeutic musical chairs. Yeah. Uh, and right in this time, and so he sends a letter to the insurance company, because the insurance company says, well, we're, you know, we're not covering family counseling because it's not a medical emergency. And my dad said, listen, I had a heart attack in 1974 or something like that. And uh, my job is very stressful. But also my son, my child's son, my teenage son is very stressful. And this is all in a letter that he's writing to the insurance company. You are kidding me. No. And he's like not being able to deal. And and he, and he it, it's absolutely in his language, right? He says, my teenage son is not very productive. Oh, God. And his lack of productivity uh, started to create a rage in me. That is impacting my ability to do my work and it's making me a bad father. So therefore we are going to Whoa. Uh, family counseling in order to deal with this issue. And so it is a medical emergency because it's a work related. It, it, it is impacting my work and it's something outside of my control. It's just exactly the same as if I had my arm cut off in a saw. Hmm, obviously. And the insurance company is like, we don't see it that way. We're not going to cover this treatment. And this is, this is at a time when you could go to the, you know, like an hour at the psychologist was $60. Mm-hmm. But, he, and he pressed, he pressed it. He was like, and he's writing these letters like, you know, uh, I don't know if you've ever had a 13 year old boy who was not productive. You are kidding. But, and, and, um, but all done very, you know, in, in legal language. 
And I'm not sure that I ever saw a paper where it was resolved. I never, I don't think I ever saw a bill that he actually ended up paying. And I never saw the insurance company send a letter where they were like, you win. And I feel like this may be a thing that he was still fighting with them until the day he died. I mean, <laughs> my like, terrible son. And he would have, he my would have considered that a victory. My terrible son is a medical problem. Oh my God. My son there, is a medical problem. He's causing medical problems for me. Yeah. Have you never had a medical son? Have you never had a son who was so unproductive? I can tell like, just from your tone that you've never had a son like this. Yeah. You would well, understand. You would know. It's like people who think they understand what a migraine is. Brother, you don't know what a migraine is. You don't know what it's like to have a medicinal son. I Just the idea that... that it, and this is... I mean, this was true when I was a kid. Like, my lack of productivity was such an issue. Because... You know, at 12 years old, 13 years old, I produced nothing. I produced nothing of any of anything. Hmm. Like I was just like a- absolutely. Um, I just all I produced was like the sound, the smell of a teenager walking through the room. Like other than that, I had no other contribution. <laughs> and it used to just drive him up a tree. Like he at least wanted me to produce some home runs yeah. or produce some homework or produce something. But it, there was but, no, there was no uh, John work product. He didn't he end really. up producing, and not, not only not, nothing useful. He felt like you weren't really even like producing anything. I was producing. You zero. were consuming food, exuding smells, and not right. really bringing anything to the table. Right, and this was. Do you think he really felt that way? Yes. Hmm. Um, and, and but so much so that he felt like it was uh, that he needed workman's compensation. <laughs> My terrible, terrible son. Like I'm laughing, John, but company. that's that's you know, I'm not sure that is really about you. That sounds like a man who doesn't want to pay for something. Well, no, it was a collision of errors. Could it be a form of meta therapy that he gets to talk about it in that way? I think so. And I nobody's think allowed was, to strictly call bullshit on him? I think that if he had said those things in the psychiatrist's office, that she would have said, Well hmm. but if he says it into uh, in a letter to his insurance company. Yeah. Uh, that person's just going to be like, I'm not sure that that has anything to do with the with how this contract is worded. But it really, you know, he and I were a collision of of generations. Like he was born in the 20s, and I, you know, I I think he started working when he was 14, uh, and going to school and playing baseball and basketball and football, and um, and at 14 I was. Walking around the backyard, going pew 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 pew, <laughs> you, you know, like a bee would fly inside <laughs> furiously typing away. <laughs> like a bee would fly by, and I'd pull out a finger gun and be like pew pew, <laughs> take that, Darth Vader. <laughs> and uh, so he was like, "This, you know, what is happening here?" Yeah. Uh, and um, and I was particularly bad in terms of just. Uh, uh, just I was like I was like one of those cats that just goes completely limp and you can pick it up and it and it just appears to be made out of beans. <laughs> I was like that, just completely made out of beans. And uh, and he just did. He was beside himself. And 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 I think it was because he had all that that misplaced ambition for me to be all the things that he felt like he hadn't achieved. Right. Even starting to work at fourteen, he had failed to achieve all these things that he had aspirations for me to do. And I was just a sack of beans that was like, Dark Vader. It's hard to watch other people 
doing a thing you did that you wish you hadn't done or not doing a thing you wish you had. It's hard. Yeah. I think it's one of the advantages I have uh, knowing that my little girl is kind of not like me very much. I mean, she has a lot of personality traits that are like me, Mm -hmm. but she's not like me in that way. So all of the things that she's doing that I would, that if it were like me, I would be like, Oh honey, let me save you the trouble of fighting the entire world for 35 years Mm -hmm. and just tell you that the world, you know, like you're not going to beat it. She's not fighting the world. So, so the mistakes that I see her make, I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. You know, I don't, I don't have that. Um, I'm not doing the thing my dad did, which is like leap in there. Right. Well, leap in there with my wooden spoon and my design for a new freeway system and (laughs) And jingle stick and my jingle stick and say, stop. Maybe I'll get it right. Yeah. Maybe I'll be the perfect father. I think you will. I think you will. We'll see. Good luck with the roast beef. Mm-hmm.